What the hell is going on, R&Bers? What do you guys want to be called? One of the things we delve into. We got some U.S. war crimes. We got some NBA racial head coaches. Lot like that and more on this episode. Ricker and Ball. Seven figures to play the joint. Turn up your decibels. Peepie decimator joint. Check out my projects like the workers that section eight of points. And you'll see how I flip. Yes, sir. Everybody out there in podcast land listening to the most profitable podcast in the history of the universe. It's your boys minus the S because one host of the R&B decided just to go on a rampage in Palm Springs doing God knows who what. But, uh, you know, it's your boy, Caller John David Ricker, with your in-depth, free-flowing conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. And this episode is brought to you by being appropriated by only one host. That's the, the, the type of appropriate that we're going with now. Um, you know... I might have already started this podcast off before. I got a couple fucking camera angles, dude, looking real fucking bad from the side and looking real fucking grainy from the front view, YouTube, Ricker and Bond. Um, also, go over to Dark, Dark, Dark Instagram, uh, Zuckerberg's Devil's Playground. Go over to Ricker and Bond. That's A N D. Give us a little direct message usually this is the day that we'd be reading direct messages maybe i might i don't know um you know bon jen has already had two solo episodes which is uh, just grossly unequal dude we're all for fucking quality and not equity which is different than equality um and you know kind of excited to, to to get your ears into into my head hopefully i don't you know i was trying to think of things to talk about so i didn't have to click on links and fucking 
uproot my sanity with U.S. politics of Apple News and Google News. Uh, hopefully, I kind of tap into some some nice airwaves of my own so I can bring you some nice, uh, you know, conversation for whatever you're doing, if you're going to work, if you're getting tested for COVID. Hopefully, your podcast of choice is R&B and not something else, dude. Um, thanks for putting up with all the, first of all, with all the fuckings and all the dudes. There's a lot of fucking used as a place word in this podcast, I've noticed. But that is kind of neither here nor there, even though they are sprinkled around here and there. Um, and ums, trying to. You know, it was kind of nerve-wracking to pop off this pod, right? I had to, you know, this is kind of just the, the middle of it. Kind of the easiest part, somewhat. Because I had to do some background stuff that you guys don't care about at all. But that is required for this side of the effort. So you guys can have a, just a nice recording with a Shure SM7B of one dude talking to himself in a what looks like to be tree-ridden forest. Um, but you guys don't care about the convenience of all. You just want a nice pot. Also got me thinking about, like, what's the character of the pod? Is it really just a, a news-reading thing? What's the, the essence of it? I think, you know, a good part of why I like podcasting and kind of a, a thing that I was excited to do by myself because I haven't done it by myself. I've done a couple other pods. But, you know, it's it by yourself, you kind of delve into your mind and just kind of ramble, have that free will conversation. If you look up Sam Harris about what exactly, you know, comes out your mind, I'm not really deciding what's coming out of my mouth into this six or SM7B. Um, but with someone else, you kind of you bounce off an idea kind of innately kind of uh, play some kind of devil's advocate. At least I seem to do that a lot. I think I noticed that on my other podcast too that I helped out with, produced, hosted. Um, it's kind of someone had a, some, some people, It's I think it's good to have concrete, you know, um, ideas and, and convictions is the word I was looking for. But I mean, it's, to to be completely blocked out with that, I think it's bad. But conviction is nice, right? But everybody in their convictions, I think, has to be a little bit tested. And I seem to, you know, play the field, cover the field, if you're a fan of old Caller John music work produced. No, I think that was produced by me. Featuring fanning systems. Uh, yeah, we do music, dude. Um, and I seem to play the, the cover the field of... Uh, if someone says something, I bring up a question, a very uh, medium, neutral place. Sometimes I try to be. Sometimes you got to call out your own non-neutrality. Not, not everyone's Sweden. Um, I have lots of six segues I could segue into. But I kind of want to, you know, keep rambling and see if I can tap in anything. I don't know if I used the tap in illustration before already. Um kind of my first time just talking to a camera and what essentially is just millions of R&B listeners across the world and any kind of timeline that perhaps might be tripped up 
Um, I was getting getting ready, getting some links, eating some some lunch, watching a there's a a podcast YouTube channel called the, the Nine Club. It's a group of skaters, older skaters, right? But I, I was thinking of music and skating, kind of parallel, kind of a young man's thing, kind of like a, a creative outlet that's very non-restrictive in, in, in some essence of it, but also umbrellaed with kind of an industry and, you know, bureaucracy around the art form. There's a dude on the nine club called Mikey Taylor, Mike Taylor, who, you know, they're all older now, but they're talking about when they had to retire from, I, I guess, getting paid from skateboarding. Um, and, you know, you usually people pick up skateboarding when they're like six, twelves, and they, some get professional, get get signed to somebody, a, a label if you're doing the music parallel, and you, you don't think about afterwards, you don't think about when you're like 32 as a, as a 21 year old, 18, 19 year old, getting paid to do something you fuck with, um, and, uh, they were talking about when they either realized or, or what the, the decision-making process was to realizing they had to do something else, to do something beyond afterlife of skateboarding, right? I was kind of putting it into my own life of, you know, this whole thing. I, I mean, on, on Spotify and whatnot is a, put out by an entity called Adobe House. And, you know, if you're <laughs> if you're a day one pre uh Pre R and B, I don't know. That's B C B C E. I don't know what to call it, but you know, the the, <laughs> the Old Testament of R and B, which was dark racial humor. Dark racial humor started, uh, you know, when some younger kids were in college, in the the middle knots, right. Um, also, in my head, when I was thinking of shit to say, you know, you're fucking, you're laying down, you're thinking of cool thematic things to ramble off on. Right, comma, right, was always in in, in my thoughts. So if that gets annoying, maybe it comes a, a fun little bit, dude. Um, you got a podcast that started in a communal house of, of young people meeting at, at a young age in college, which is probably the youngest thing you could ever do for, I mean, for most part, you can obviously hop into college whenever you want, but, but that cash cow is, is pinned on young cats getting debt or grabbing other people's money or other people's debt and fucking, I guess, getting some kind of, it depends on what, what you actually do with that time, but um, either propel yourself into something or, or it's just kind of a dormant time. Um, and you know, these cats that were doing music stuff in their young age, um, made a whole conglomerate 
kind of kind of a fake conglomerate, but everything's a fake conglomerate, right? You gotta psych yourself out into making something. Um in their in in their youth stages of life making a podcast and stuff and you know going on into a different house in a different city still with the same people that they really i mean met for a not too long time a couple years and uh kind of forcing out creative stuff and you know the stages of I was talking to the producer of the R&B intro, Phoenix Systems, um, about, because, you know, I grew up with someone, and that's kind of uh, a, a few people I latched on with music ideology, right, of kind of old hip-hop stuff, kind of like outskirts. You have that, that same kind of motif with skating, kind of on the outskirts of, of people, music you can have the outskirts of you know the masses but uh there was like uh there was time where it was it was like a, a pure innocence and i was watching like a documentary of a, a label from new york who kind of influenced me musically somewhat business-wise too um but there's there's always like a especially with creative stuff, there's a, there's a length of time or especially looking back from the future on that time or the future present, if you want to, you know, souls of Mr. Shout out. There's only now. Um, and there's a, just an unrivaled innocence that you have that I was about to say, we'll never get back to that. But sometimes you have like, sometimes a professionalism where you get so you know quote-unquote successful if uh with the intent you made or the goal you put forth where you can kind of get back to like a just a just a like a, a haze of innocence of making stuff this podcast was kind of just brought up randomly innocently in some roommates room just like you know apple kind of was but and to think back to the nine club thing you go back after some future and uh you, you never you never think of like once you're so embedded in something coming out of it and you know back on like 25th it was like short amount of time, short, short, short amount of time. And, you know, you're kind of stuck in that and you come out of it. And then here you are, episode 190. I think that might be my first ramble. Um, I got links, dude. Everybody got links. Everybody likes links. I don't know if people come here for the news or if people come here to hear it dudes talk about the news which is kind of fun or what kind of value this is siphoned out of what value is siphoned out of r&b um and that's also what i was trying to kind of figure out and that's why i was thinking we were talking the other episode about what <laughs> podcast the host listen to that you interact with and it's very not a lot but 
I, uh, you know, I gave a YouTube like in the spirit of that. Um, so let's hop into some links, dude. Uh, everybody's favorite recurring guest out of my mouth, Joe Budden, has been kind of, you know, a a pillar in the modern podcasting, at least with uh, another another motif of you have an innocent art craft of which he paralleled the music as well, and you got bureaucracy kind of trying to come in on that. You're trying to get an umbrella of business, picking up on something that probably succeeds at some point because of the the innocence or the pure creative aspect of it, rather than um, I don't know the the assembly line production of it. Um, but he's been kind of going at it with Spotify that he. And his group at the Joe Button Podcast recently left. Now some other people are trying to unionize with ideas of protection against Spotify and their podcasting. Parcast joined Gimlet Media and The Ringer in the unionization efforts. Um, I think all of these, I know Gimlet and The Ringer have a Spotify deal. Um, Parcast. The production company, Spotify Quiet, last year is unionizing. The Writers Guild of America East announced the news Tuesday along with a letter about why Parcast, which specializes in true crime and mystery shows, decided to organize. The production company says it wants to see Spotify commit to diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as maintain a reasonable workload and overtime compensation. I know Budden was talking about the... Spotify was not allowing the JVP crew to take overtime or take some some holidays off. Um, it says Parcast is also seeking clear job descriptions, equitable play, transparent salary bans, and movement around creative and IP. From here, Spotify now can either recognize the union voluntarily, which would set it up to begin contract negotiations, or request a vote from union members to prove that they have support. Um, in a comment to The Verge, Spotify said we confirmed that we have received a formal notice from the union and plan to review. Uh, Parcast is now joining Gimlet Media and The Ringer, other Spotify-owned companies in their union efforts. Both groups are also organized through WGAE, I think that's the Writers Guild Association East, and both are still in the bargaining phase of their contract negotiations, meaning no official contract has been agreed upon just yet. The Ringers Union tweeted last week that its negotiation run diversity and inclusion have progressed and include measures that will ensure more underrepresented applicants are considered for posted jobs, establish fund, establish slash fund a diversity committee, and give the committee the opportunity to submit quarterly hiring recommendations. Um last little bit both have been in negotiations since last year with the ring unionizing prior to spotify's acquisition and gimlet doing so only a month after spotify bought the company which i find interesting because gimlet and spotify kind of been the uh the, the first people that spotify kind of brought on hella hella for podcast services or content really spotify voluntarily recognized gimlet and continued union conversations with the ringer after its 
acquisition. Um, you know, Spotify getting into a lot of podcasting. They've been trying to get in the, the R&B pockets. They, they were like shilling out just ungodly numbers, right? Just you, you've heard, you've heard the Rogan numbers. You've heard the, 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 the button praise. It's nothing compared to that. We've been courted like a goddamn queen in the 1500s. If, if they were courted highly, uh, but you know, we were like, fuck that. You're not going to have the R and B IP, the R and B fan base. The, I'm still trying to, I try to figure out also a name for audience of the R and B. Couldn't really think of anything. That'd be a fun little do ditty to Instagram DM on if you feel so obliged. Um, but it seems that, you know, there's a, there's a wild, wild west of podcasting and, and platforms that distribute the podcasting, trying to get their grubby little hands and make sure that they get the overhand on it. And people who make the content are like, hey, hold on now. Y'all might be doing some shysty shit. We're not really going to just, you know, lay back and be, be some... 19 year old SoundCloud rapper get fucked um that's what you know Button was kind of warning against with the podcast content makers what he tried to yell at Lil Yachty for not getting fucked into contracts a man that yells so much much have some kind of conviction for it so maybe I gotta be the opposite of that conviction but I'll be the opposite of that conviction on the other side of the jump I'll see you guys in second try dry RB. Drop off. You ain't me, nigga. Knock it off. You ain't me, bitch. Knock it off. Drop off. Drop off. Top off. Drop off. You ain't me, nigga. Knock it off. You ain't me, bitch. Knock it off. Eastside Johnny on one, ain't no question what it is. Two, two, three, I'll let you on one if you come between my hands. Kinda slide through the streets. Yes, sir, sir, Bob. Aren beaters. Uh, Aren. Aren bitches? Or Aren bitches? Uh, trying to think of words to use as audiences. Like I said last try. Welcome back. To the second trimester of R&B solo episode. If you're just tuning in somehow, maybe you, you went to sleep on like episode, I mean eight hours, so episode uh, 182, and you woke up to the this right now, it's Caller John David Ricker coming at you alone, solitude solely the the adverb of solitude whatever that might happen to be bonjen is off skydiving in nepal don't really know where nepal is i think it's india but uh, i'm coming at you live coming at you direct with the fossilization of audio waves in a sick 
Shure SM7B, and a sick Golden State Warriors jersey. Um, got some bubble news, kind of. Might want to start off with that. Might be a good segue. I'm trying to see, figure out, feel out if I have any more nice little ramblings I want to do that are non-link related. And I don't think I am. So, there's NBA going on, right? And it's not your normal NBA. They're trapped inside a goddamn bubble like that dude in the movie that had a second adaptation to the movie. And he's in the bubble and he's trying to fuck a chick outside of a bubble, dude. And this little Scarlet is trying to fuck. And that's what is happening directly, parallelly to the NBA playoffs. Not really. But NBA putting Black Lives Matter stuff everywhere, putting um, sayings on back of jerseys, taking a hard stance on enjoying the, the I, I, I don't know why I said enjoying, but um, being down for plastering Black Lives Matter everywhere. Which also is another segue I might get into after. I just want to foreshadow. I have a lot of links. I try to stack up on links. So if I can not talk enough. Because you know I, I'm not a huge talker. I know this is kind of on. I'm so I have to turn on. I haven't streamed in a while. Used to used to Periscope hella. You just fuck with people. Also with Periscope. Know, sometimes you had people to assist you. Sometimes you didn't. Um. Do be streaming on Twitch though, you know, twitch.tv slash caller John. Making beats, talking about stuff. Um so, you know, kinda have to put on CJDR character to speak into a camera, which I'm now thoroughly enjoying. I kind of need to delve into my mind with other things that I can ramble on that don't have links associated that can have people attached to them. Get some kind of value in it. Not a lot of people like like the physical value. You can get some physical value like that. As in like hardware value. Beat making tutorials. Trying to get this audio game up, man. Doing a couple troubleshoots. So if one thing fails, I got the other thing. But NBA. I said I didn't love the NBA bubble playoffs because it feels different. Kind of is. But. There's a head coach acquisition in a team. I know this is kind of a sports thing. That's usually a third try, but it ties into to social issues, race issues. Uh, Steve Nash, former Phoenix Sun, I think that's the only team he played on, was hired as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, right? Uh, Steve Nash is a, <laughs> a small, I don't know how small he is. He's probably six something. Uh, a relatively small in comparison to NBA players, small white Canadian man who has not had the head coaching position before. He has been hired as the head coach, the Brooklyn Nets. This has always been somewhat of a topic in sports of, well, basketball, but also some football. But the people I've talked about that were in basketball coaching, basketball career, I've talked about the 
passing up of black coaches for other coaches. Um, there is a coach, Mark Jackson of the Warriors, who preceded Steve Kerr, who was the head coach of the Warriors, Mark Jackson black, Steve Kerr white, who Steve Kerr also didn't have a head coaching position before. Had other executive things, as Steve Nash has, he's kind of worked with players and uh, actually the Warriors as like a a player developer of sorts. Um, seems to be Steve Nash handpicked by players on the Brooklyn Nets, at least co-signed by Kevin Durant and other man's Kyrie Irving. Um, and, you know, people are like, hey, you know, we got we got all this hoopla on our backs and shit that are somewhat directed towards police shootings. and But, you know, overall, on an equity sort of vibe for black people in America, uh, they're like, we got all this stuff blasted on our backs. <laughs> uh, dark pun not intended. But hiring, again, passing up a bunch of other assistant coaches that are black. Um, been assistant coaching for hella times. Other people been head coaching before for Steve Nash. Could see it a few ways. One way, that's what this team decided on. Backed by a very vocal Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, apparently. Not sure. But, you know, it's kind of had a pattern of passing up other people. Um, and there's a lot of good candidates, that are black coaches, that could be picked up by, I think, goddamn Nets used to be owned by Jay-Z. Maybe not anymore, but that kind of falls in line with black ownership. Um... But you know, is it is it a an ill ill willed decision on the side of the Brooklyn Nets? Is it packed with any explicit bias against a, a non white coach? Is it packed with any non explicit bias by a non white coach? Um, a lot of the executives NBA do be white skin <laughs> shout out that phrase I doubt whoever I laughed over that phrase with will ever hear this part of the the, the episode but um, I thought that was interesting a lot of people talking heads on on the sports shows are talking about that um I might have fucked up my second troubleshoot and that disappoints me very much. But the show shall go on. I what do I think of it? Um I don't know. I think my gut reaction right now is kind of weird choice. Um, it's definitely a, you know, 
a talking head subject now in the time of a racial equality talks around the country some 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 kind of world everybody the, the whole world was fucking marching for some equality shit i think i didn't hear a lot of follow-up on the world front can i get some kind of i think it was a german correspondent some some france correspondents uh definitely gonna be a, uh i mean in your 24 7 news cycle and in the sports niche of the news cycle something to talk about that's what i'm talking about becoming a talking head with trying to get some polarizing conviction so people can yell about it or a nice value so people can enjoy about it huh huh how's that for a fucking duality um on that vein going from private to federal mr trumpito in the gang wanted to see if protests were being funded by people they can probably uh i don't know categorize as anarchist anarchist um justice department investigates protest leaders funding in portland and other cities and this right now is tying in to another I mean, order not an order but another action that um mr trumpito is doing with a few select cities right he is choosing currently i think washington dc portland and seattle portland's a city seattle's a city not a state right um and he wanted to sorry i'm looking at my fucking i'm using ableton to record as well as zoom to record uh to give you some back in but i shouldn't because no one really cares um trumpito let me let me read this off first this is this will segue into the, the next point um the Justice Department has launched a criminal criminal inquiry into the leadership and financing of protests against police abuse that have roiled, hey, fucking roiled spotting. Fan of words brought up the definition of roiled on a last R&B episode or the one before it. How's that for fucking continuity, dude? That have roiled American cities as the protest movement has become a political flashpoint in the contentious presidential presidential campaign which my ideology i think a lot of it has boils down to that um i'll read a little bit more and then try to to dive into my mental about that federal authorities asserted tuesday that they are not targeting free speech rights but rather coordinated criminal activity and violence related to riots destruction of federal property and violence against law enforcement officers. So, people coordinating the fuck-uppery of um, physical places, buildings. Justin Spokeswoman Carrie Kubik 
declined to elaborate on the specific targets of the inquiry. The acknowledgement by the Justice Department allowed remarks by Acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf, who late Monday first disclosed the inquiry as targeting leaders of organizations and those who may be funding their movement across the country. Uh, this man says, what we know is that we have seen groups and individuals move from Portland to other parts of the country. Ask why leaders of Antifa loosely organized extreme far-left ideology and Black Lives Matters formed in part to call attention to violence against black communities had not been arrested. Wolf said, this is something I talked to the AG Attorney General personally about, and I know that they're working on it. Um, yeah, so he's saying, why potentially are people not getting arrested leaders of asked why leaders of Antifa and Black Lives Matter formed in part to call attention to violence against black communities what have not been arrested oh 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 Um, yeah, so that happens, right? You got protests for police brutality, potentially organized people in, um, you know, burning stuff, apparently, is what, is what this, uh, burning, tearing stuff down in an organized fashion, which, you know, kind of could be a thing. Um, if your target, this is more on the specific of this, me being my biased, uh, devil's advocate of it, whatever bias that might be. Um, if you're going for something loosely organized and trying to arrest leaders of it. I don't really know how that works. If you're finding individuals who are like, yo, let's meet up, burn down that Chase Bank, could be okay. Seems to be a, a crime against the laws. Not not okay, that's okay to do that, but okay to persecute the people burning shit down, I suppose. Um, the, the part... Of, the, of labeling Antifa loosely organized, but trying to infiltrate the organization is kind of a weird thing to me. Um, which kind of gives a lot of leeway to potentially some federal fuckery of rounding up people, which I always try to keep an eye out for. <laughs> you know me, always on the, the front lines trying to stop people getting federally fucked. At least talking. I'm not usually. Um, but here is kind of my overarching opinion on it, right? In America, there there seems, and I'm kind of, I'm a young man, but older enough, old enough to kind of, it's somewhat like your first, second, fully conscious experience of American politics and the society that it follows. Um, it seems now 
and you know, you know, last election was, I was younger, but somewhat tapped in, not, not so much as now, seems that everybody in society is just super, you pick an event, like a societal event, and you already have your fucking battle lines drawn. You already know who you're going to side on. Even with, you know, there's there's less and less, it seems, rationalization of actions of people and actions of government and actions of people in the government governing the citizens, acting logically about what to fucking do as a society, or at least yelling about it. Um, so you, you have a, an overly advertised events on one political spectrum or the other. Probably for the reason of keeping one's political seat in their district. If people boot them out, then they lose that shit. President stokes up people in one direction. You probably get your fan base fire growing more. That all never sits chill with me. Because you take things that are happening in society. You take things that are happening in humans. And it kind of puts a veil on like thinking about what to do with people and actions and events in a society you're living in. And putting on just talking head points not even talking head points but shit to to pick a side and you know hoorah for rather than at least on a, on a public mass on the surface talking about what to do to further a society more it comes in a question like what is the point of one society to a government not in the way to like no government no society but you kind of have to have an agreement of like what we're all doing here are we all kind of just going on about our ways individually and are you super embedded into the the goings-on of your community is it less of a community if you're just being weirdly divided for lack of a a non-used word right now um, in thinking about things is is the point of what what is, is the point that someone who's leading the government what is the point of someone who's inside of society What's the goal? You know? You kind of get, like I said, even parallel to young people living with each other in like a innocent, creative stage. You, you breathe up and you're like, what the fuck was that, dude? And you don't have an outside perspective of like, what, what are we really doing? 
making the society better? Are we just talking about stuff? Are we making laws to keep people on your side so you get a job next two years? And where those lines are blurred. Because eventually, people have to realize that <laughs> these are events happening. And then the whatever event, it just ain't an event, not even alluding to something. And just the, the, the thinking about it gets blurred into weird primal states of picking a side and then yelling about it rather than maybe picking a side and putting out your argument to, you know, have a successful outcome of an intention you made. Here and right there. I don't know if I've been going for 20. I'm going to stop it right now because I'm going to be curious if, if I went over, if I didn't. That's cool. I'm going to see you in the third trimester. Maybe, you know, clear up some ramblings, man. See you, see you. For the third time, e R and B episode one ninety in the place to see on YouTube, Ricker and Bond. If you're trying to see that, listen to it anywhere. Tobias.live slash podcast. Um, if you're listening this far, thank you. You know you had a lot of time on your hand. You needed to clean the house, and you put on R and B in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And you were successful with just killing time uh, in your, your one hour closer to your inevitable death, dude. Which, you know, I think I, in, in my preparations for this, this uh, momentous solo CJ pod, um, was thinking about talking about not even, not even fully fledged what I wanted to say, but just saying the phrase, you're one day closer to your death. I think, I think that the notion of death in, you know, cause you know, in like Mexican culture, you have, um, day of the dead. You think, and I think Mexican culture, there's probably a little more embedded spirituality, uh, at least, shit maybe catholicism at the very least than there is in america i think um could be wrong but like you have a a a day of that of thinking uh about the morality 
people. I think that is a very good practice. You know, not even, let's say, you, you take afterlife out of it, which I think is a bad decision. Yeah, bad decision, whatever. Not what I uh, would choose to do. I tend to think of of afterlife. Um, but you think about you know, one day closer to not being human on earth anymore. Think about what to do in the meantime. If you're uh, unsatisfied, to quote a, a Bob Marley line, if you're, you know, maybe successful in one area, but you feel less content in another area, if, you know, relationship-wise, if you have a a cognizant idea of your demise, if you spend time with people or cut people out that uh, don't line up with what you're trying to do between, uh, between A and C, A being birth, C being death, what you're trying to do with B. I think, you know, it puts, uh, when you, when you got a time schedule, it puts things into some kind of, some kind of, uh, the word is escaping me, some kind of window, some kind of, uh, point of view, not, not the, the words I'm trying to touch on, but that's okay. One day closer to your death and the death of R&B. It's going to die one day, probably. What if it didn't, though? Do you just fucking pot until I die, man? What a blessing it would be. What a blessing. Um, Let me get into a link. A link that has to do with U.S. war crimes, right? There's an entity, the International Criminal Court that prosecutes internationally crime. This, or part of the International Court, International Criminal Court, you know, they apparently charge people on an international scale of uh, crimes. Um war crimes probably pertains to a lot of it uh you know apparently there's a it was very situated on on the the african countries in the past the icc as it's abbreviated um i want to find a little bit where it talks about that but these cats are like hey man u.s U.S. being the United States, we think y'all might have been doing some, some, some dastardly deeds over there in Afghanistan, doing whatever, whatever uh, uh, your intent for that war was. Um, so, first off, this, the International Criminal Court was created by UN Treaty in 2002. The ICC investigates and brings to justice those responsible for genocide, crimes against humanity, 
and war crimes intervening when national authorities cannot or will not prosecute. The treaty has been ratified by 123 countries, including the UK, but the US, along with China, India, and Russia, has refused to join. And some African nations have accused the ICC of being unfairly focused on Africans. Um, don't know about the the African portion of it. The African Union apparently uh, backed a, a mass withdrawal from the ICC, so there has been some 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 flurries of un unsatisfaction with this body um, that African resolution was non-binding and Nigeria and Senegal opposed a withdrawal um, the ICC denied allegations of being unfairly focused on African nations insisting it is pursuing justice for victims of war crimes in Africa which um, my my little knowledge of Africa country goings on has has uh, my mind has come across the uh, some some genocidal things in Africa some some kids doing war stuff which I mean hey 18 year old pretty young for a kid but I think they had younger kids wielding them them sick AKs there's an AK-47 deal with India and Russia I think that is something uh, but not something I'm linking on right now. Uh, the ICC was like, yo, U.S., uh, we're alleging, or they're investigating allegations, that U.S. troops committed war crimes in Afghanistan. Human rights groups briefly decried the sanctions as an attack on international justice. So the Trump administration uh, put sanctions on the court's chief prosecutor and a, like a like a person helping the chief prosecutor, uh, basically saying y'all can't use U.S. institutions for like money stuff. Can't use like banks um, that are in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. has never been a part of the ICC, which Pompeo called a thoroughly broken and corrupt institution said we will not tolerate its illegitimate attempts to subject Americans to its jurisdiction. The sanctions are directed at Prosecutor Fatou Bensouda and the court's head of jurisdiction, Fakiso Mocho Choco, which is a funny sounding name. Mocho Choco. Sounds like Mojo Dodo. Um, we're both added on Wednesday to the Treasury Department's specially designated nationals list. The designation freezes any assets they might have in the U.S. or are subject to U.S. law. Um, the move builds on an executive order issued by President Trump against court officials in June. According to court documents, Bensouda plans to investigate alleged Taliban attacks against civilians, including murders and abductions. Bensouda also wants to look into methods that the U.S. military and CIA use to interrogate detainees. Prosecution has said there is a reasonable basis to believe that since May 2003, members of the U.S. Armed Forces and the CIA have committed the war crimes of torture and cruel treatment, outrages upon personal dignity, dignity and rape, and other forms of sexual violence pursuant to a policy approved 
by U.S. authorities. Um, I says Quan, who is the assembly president, the assembly of states parties, this court's oversight. I strongly reject such unprecedented and unacceptable measures against a treaty-based international organization. They only serve to weaken our co common endeavor to fight impunity for mass atrocities. This brings into question people's where they draw the line with um you know torture with uh fucking someone up to get information um assumedly terrorists and whatnot um that side of it also you got some other allegations of like u.s doing murderous and abduction stuff with civilians and where someone's allegiance lies when the government you preside under is doing, you know, inhumane things for a potential humane reason, or at least a self-protective reason, in the the survival of uh, American life, um, and whether or not that should be called into question. I think in a last R&B episode, not last, but a long. I think we were still in twenty fifth residence, um, which was the second, third establishment of Adobe. Um, we talked about punishment for people, the death penalty right, in the U.S. And you know, I I, I think gutly. And this was before, like, a, a very personal um, attachment was, was posed hypothetically. But I think I was, I was kind of not with it. Not with it being a death penalty. Not super on board. Because from afar, I mean, you, 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 let's say just mass fucking murder, right? Uh, I mean, now that I say mass murder, it sounds kind of okay, but you still have that kind of dilemma of like killing for retribution of killing. And it's a, it's a kind of a weird subject where, you know, on, on the veil and a very detached, my morality is like, you know, why are you, why are you killing a human because they kill humans? Is still kind of killing humans. Um, you got the, the killing Nazi <laughs> or Hitler as a baby question posed. A lot of people die or that would have died uh, would be alive if you kill a little baby. Um, and, you know, where, again, do those lines blur? If you're trying to do something, say you got uh, an organization that is non-U.S., that is killing a bunch of people, a lot of atrocities. 
I think a lot of people might be like, hey, that's kind of okay to torture cats that have killed a lot of people or have potential to to take down someone via information that kill a lot of people. Um, and then, you, you know, you think about if you have kind of a somewhat seems random organization that charges people with trying to maintain a humane way of dealing with that. If that is only bad because of, you know, where your allegiance lies, where does the, the lives lost of U.S. ammo compared to lives lost of other non-U.S. ammo put on the fucking heads of cats, dude? Uh, brings up some some morality cases and brings up a case of, of international law morality I don't think they're really I mean it seems like big gov- big governments are kind of just the same thing as anything else would be of competing to have the share of whatever they see as the prize, right? Whether that be security, whether that be security in the form of potential attack, whether that be money, and where all that coincides. Because obviously you have uh, the U.S. putting money restrictions on people going into the law of weird human security in the year of 2020 and the year of technologies and and weird things that you think about in like where you put into your head you're still kind of a weird animal surviving being subject to cellular spidey senses being like yo what are you doing? <laughs> Trying to fucking live more, man. And where that coincides with evolved beings somewhat making written negotiations with that stuff. Where do you lie? Tell us. R&B. Instagram. DM. What else I got for you fucks? Um... Israel's not a member of the ICC either, which has to do with the whole Palestine-Jerusalem thing. Uh, Let's talk about U.S. tech stocks, dude. We talked about in another episode how that (laughs) through the pillaging of unemployment, people being evicted on the streets, ravaging people, businesses, that the economy of the U.S. stock market just kept on growing up towards the right side of the graph, directionally, there's a left and a right side, see, even that sounds political, dude, when, you know, fuckers, 
Um, and that was being bolstered by the big tech, Facebook, Apple, Amazon. There was an N. There was a, someone had a cool acronym called Fangs. Google. What's the N? I don't know. But those were the the companies that were basically making the the push for people seeing rises in the stock market. Stock market went a little down at the recording of this. Um, tech shares were seen dropping. Dude, U.S. stocks fell sharply Thursday in their worst showing since June, driven by a broad decline in many of the technology companies that have led the market higher in recent months. The tech-heavy Nasdaq composite dropped nearly 5% to 11,458. Its biggest one-day percentage declined since June 11 in a reversal of a rally that had taken it and the S&P 500 to new highs. The S&P 500 lost 3.5% to 3,455 with all 11 sectors showing losses. Um, big technology companies led the sell-off, which accelerated in late trading before pulling back. Facebook Incorporated fell 3.8, while Tesla Incorporated fell 9%. Apple lost 8%, a drop mitigated by its August stock split. I'm not showing you why some splits happen, because they're like, yo, 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 we got this, this, big boost that is obviously not supposed to be really happening right now um comparatively but it kept on going up and they're like yo maybe uh we hedge our bets a little bit um apple lost 179.92 billion in market capitalization thursday the largest one day loss for u.s listed company on record Technology stocks have been among the leaders in the broad market rebound. Overall, stocks have soared since March despite the worst economic slump in decades and the novel coronavirus's continued hold, even in some countries that had previously showed success in quashing. It's a new word. We got royal and quashing. Confu confounding investors. Um, you know, say la vie, such is life. In the, uh, I guess, man-made market. When something goes down, another thing goes up. Dude, y'all got some physical gold? Y'all got some euro? Y'all got some motherfucking... Y'all got some motherfucking silver? Some crypto? When one goes up, another goes down. One political party goes up, another goes down. So it would seem... The thing I wanted to point out is that in the past, it seems like, you know, you got people bickering, classic U.S. party stuff. But it was all kind of in, in the midst of, like, where the U.S. would want it to happen. Because at the end of the day, you still want some kind of corral of citizens, I guess. Um, it seems less like that. You got fucking, there's, there's a trailer for a video game, right? Call of Duty Black Ops or Cold War. And, you know, it parallels what happened in like the 70s and 80s. And it was eerily, eerily, you know, I mean, because obviously it did happen, but um, it kind of parallels.
unparalleled what was happening now. You got <laughs> foreign countries trolling on the internet to stoke people. Um, and, you know, got people getting extreme people one way or the other and think emotionally, not rationally, about what you want your society to be. Even if that rational does seem contain some emotion. But, boys and girls, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode. I enjoyed it. And I know that this was the easiest part. I was kind of nervous at the beginning. But, um, you know, one thing podcasting does do is let you delve into your mind and ramble. So you come up with some kind of ideas or themes or thoughts about what you're thinking about. And when you do that solo, you can uh, see what innately comes out, what innately you, your gut says to say into a microphone because you got to eat up time a little bit. But a nice part of the opposite of solo is that you can get some some feedback, some some diagnostic help like house, man. So next episode will probably not be solo. If it is, then I'm gonna fucking keep rocking with you. Either way, dude, RB not missing a day, dude. That's what it is, what it will be, and what it has been, dude. I'll see y'all on the next episode of Ricker and Bond. Peace.